Welcome back to another episode of the Double Love Podcast. It's Gene, aka the Real Estate Guy. What's good, family? It's B Rob, aka the Infamous CPA. You know how we always started off. Make sure to subscribe, leave us a rating, leave us a comment, let us yes. know how we're doing. Of course, we're always very receptive to feedback, always looking to grow and just get better. So let's get into it. So, how you double this week? This past week has mainly just been focused on getting the money, trying to get things in order so I can pass this Section 8 inspection. Because I failed my last one, but I learned a lot. So I'm not really tripping on the whole process because I just learned little things that Section 8 kind of looks out for. Okay. And then I also linked up with an individual who actually came out and did my inspection. He fixed and flips abandoned homes. Nice. So connected with him and uh, I'm pretty much just going to try to leverage his knowledge to increase my own and just find new strategies to invest. So hopefully I should be done with all of my repairs that Section 8 wanted me to make and I should be able to get a reinspection out early next week. So hopefully all goes well with that reinspection and I can start making some money because it's been six months and it's like, man, I'm just ready to start making money again. So after they book you for the inspection, how soon after does your tenant get to move in? It depends. So they got a couple of other additional steps after you finish your inspection right so first they have to approve your rent or whatever yep. whatever you they give you a rent number right and then they give you two business days to accept it after you accept it then it's an additional four to five business days for them to send over the contract and do all of that then you have signing portion as well that you have to send back in then after that i guess they'll let you know like how soon it's going to move in but one thing I've noted as well, that you can have them move in a little bit earlier and just get backpacked. Okay. Uh, so that's probably what I'm gonna end up doing. I think I'm gonna have my tenants move in November 1st. Yes. And so I can just get those move in fees. And then from there, I'll just get back pay from the government, so. And then it's Park Manor, right? Yeah. Okay. So what is the dividing line between Park Manor and Greater Grand Carson? I really don't know. Cause I know like um, at the intersection of Cottage and maybe 71st. Okay. It's a big, like, Greater Grand Cross side right there. So, I guess, depending on which way you go, you either go on to Park Manor or you continuing on to uh, Greater Grand Cross. But mm -hmm. it's super close, though. Yeah. Okay. How about you? What's, what's, what's been going on, man? How did I double up this week? So, for me, is um, I've been really trying to uh, make sure I got the right philosophies behind my actions. And uh, one philosophy that I picked up this week that really correlates with my desired outcomes is that work as hard as you can as much as you have to so you can work as long as you can for as much as you want to mm. and i think that's a concept that we all need to understand and really take a deep dive into understanding that very thoroughly because the lifestyle and the vision that we have for our dreams and our goals we have to do the things we don't want to do Robert Kiyosaki talked about how in order for him to move over to the right side of the cash flow quadrant, which is the big business owners and the professional investors, he had to learn about subjects that he didn't necessarily care about or that was very disinterested in, you know, in him. So we got to learn about taxes. We got to learn about bonds, mutual funds, paper assets and commodities and all these different sorts of things. Although that may not be what our interests lie, but we have to know about these things so that we can do whatever we want for as long as we can with no desired schedule. As in fact, you get to pick your own schedule. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of you know that philosophy. So one, it's been really trying to expand on my philosophies and 
and you know really look at how I view life. And another philosophy that I picked up is that every win is the same. So every time after fall comes spring, right? Every time after spring comes summer. And so what that really goes to show is that life don't change. It's a constant flow. It's like a circle. It just keeps on going and just keeps on going and just keeps on going. We have to change. For us to get the desired results that we're looking for, we have to do something differently. And if we're building a business, we have to compete to be unique, which is differently. How did I double up this week was really expanding on my philosophies, expanding on the way that I view life and really trying to get around, you know, like-minded success seekers that have the same outcome that I do. Yeah. I've really been doing a whole lot of networking. So I've been going to a lot of networking events. I went to two last week, uh, really trying to find other like-minded successful entrepreneurs that are in the infant stage of building out their business and really trying to understand some of the problems that they've been experiencing. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, everybody see the glamour and, you know, the success of their labor via social media platforms such as Instagram and Facebook, but nobody actually talks about the struggle, you know, and the cost that it took them to get there. So the name of today's episode is It Costs Me A Lot. And we're going to be talking about and sharing some of the struggles we've personally been experiencing up to this point. And a lot of people reach out to me on Instagram, they reach out to me on Twitter, or I'll be talking to them in person, and they'll be talking about oh, Eugene, you and Brian, y'all just got it. Like, y'all got good jobs, or y'all had good jobs you know y'all got buildings y'all got enough money to to invest in y'all buildings but behind the scenes like i think it really does pay for us to kind of like give y'all the the real right the raw you know, we're not going to sit up here and try to sell you guys no fairy tale, no dream. We want to give y'all the reality because entrepreneurship is a lonely road. But me and B-Rob decided that, you know, we'll go far alone, but we'll go further together. 100%. Everyone achieves more when they work within a team. So therefore, we've decided to team up, do this podcast, as well as a lot of other things that we got coming for you guys in the pipeline that you'll hear about as you grow with us and continue to learn with us as well. So today we're going to be talking about you know it cost me a lot so my question for you is when you first decided to get going on this entrepreneurial journey and you know decide that you wanted to uh get involved in real estate investing and get your first property what was that aha moment for you that was like wow this is kind of tough that's a great question honestly when i was just buying my house because that was after i already had started you know the rental car business as well as credit repair and then i was buying my house you know at the time i'm at my job we were in busy season i'm working 70 80 hours trying to balance you know rental car trying to balance credit repair and then balance buying the house as well and that was probably the lowest point of the year for me that period from probably February extending all the way through um, the end of April and even a little bit filling over into May because like I'm just drained literally come home from working 12 hours still got a couple more hours to put in on the side with the business I'm averaging probably three to four hours of sleep a night like I literally turned into a zombie Mm -hmm. it was ridiculous terrible and I had other experiences that I thought would probably be like the lowest moments of my life and then that little time period just topped it So that's when I really realized, like, this is really real. Like, if I'm really going to be an entrepreneur, above all, I need to curate my space to the point where it can actually work. So that's one of the biggest reasons why I decided to switch jobs and leave the top accounting firm and go to something that's more suited with what I want to do in my future endeavor. So for those that don't know, I recently transitioned to a private real estate company and their accounting department. So now I'm not going to have to worry about, you know, busy season, working 70, 80 hours. Like, at most, I'll be working 
like 45 to 50 hours, which is nothing. So that just frees up a ton of time to work on different businesses and things of that nature. But yeah, that's really what my aha moment. And additionally with that, it's really just like with every mistake I make, it's kind of like aha. It's like, damn, you think you know so much, you read all these books, you did all these research, but then you have to realize at the end of the day that experience is always gonna be the best teacher. Exactly. You can analyze and get analyst paralysis till you blew in the damn face, but experience this is gonna teach you something. It's gonna teach you something. You're gonna fail, you're gonna make mistakes. Yes. It doesn't matter how good your mentors are, they can't shield you from everything. Nope. Um, but as long as you have the right mindset and you realize that you can pull a lesson out of anything, you'll be be fine it's just really about your mindset you got to be really resilient yes you get low you get very low it's really ups and downs in this shit one thing that i want to talk about that you demonstrated through that period where you said you was only getting like three to four hours of sleep the body only goes as far as the mind's belief system mm -hmm. So it's almost like working out and working a muscle. At that time, Brian was working a muscle. He was strengthening that muscle. So his second time around, he's gonna be able to work more efficiently at a higher level, still only getting the same three to four hours of sleep because he's been through it before. He's gotten the experience. And I kind of wanted to just make sure that I edified that our bodies only work to the level of our belief system. So as long as we believe we can achieve it and we believe that we can do it, then our body is going to become indirect aligned to that. For me, my, my aha moment was I got a building in Chicago, but I work in Gurney, Illinois, which is pretty much like an hour and 30 minutes away. Sometimes two hours if the traffic is tough. And as it relates to like aha, like it costs me a lot. You know, one is my commute, right? People don't understand like, yo, like, yeah, I'm working a job. I got a good paying job, if that's what you want to call it. But like, yo, like you don't understand what it takes me to get to work. Shit, man. Like, I gotta sit in traffic every day, an hour and 45 minutes just to get there, Woo. and then another hour and 45 minutes just to get back to the crib. Well, why you don't take the train? Because I can't take the train. So these are sacrifices that I gotta make. It costs me like $500 a month just to get back and forth from work. So people gotta understand that, you know, there's a lot of other, you know, hidden sacrifices that people make behind the scenes. So one, my commute, the hour and 45 minute commute back and forth from Chicago to work. I'm gonna leave the company anonymous because I've been leaving it anonymous. Uh, just because you got those snoopers, people who be, you know, waiting for you to say something so they can, you know, flag you. It's just people just crazy these days. <laughs> you just gotta right, be you careful. Never know. You just you gotta never be careful, know. right? Um, but my aha moment was I was buying a property in the city of Chicago that I knew was gonna need renovating. And my realtor that I was working with at the time, you know, she was telling me, like, yo, how you gonna how you gonna manage this renovation you know two hours away like how you gonna manage these contractors like you know you know contractors ain't got no loyalty you know i'm hearing her and i understand what you're saying but i'm a goal-driven person if i put my mind to something i'm gonna get it done i'm gonna get it right and that's always been my philosophy you know i don't allow people to put fear in my mind and put fear in my heart based off of what happened to them they trying to cash their experiences on me when they don't understand that God got his own plan for me. So I decided to move forward with it anyway because my mind was made up because this is the only way for me. And so I purchased the property. Imagine I had tenants in there and I knew I was either going to have to evict them or pay cash for keys. And so I didn't realize how hard that it was going to be for me to evict these tenants. Man. It was so tough, right? I thought I was just gonna be able to do cash for keys, 
communicate with these guys. Hey, look, I'm gonna give you $1,500 to move out and I'm gonna hire some movers to move it out for you. You ain't even gotta lift a dime. Look, you could be cooking dinner and I got you. Like, I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna make it so sweet where all you gotta do is just open the door and let me in. But it took me four and a half months just to evict my tenants, right? So let's talk about the court fees. Let's talk about the attorney fees. Let's talk about all the time I lost on paying a mortgage for those four months. That shit add up, like mentally, like I'm like, yo, like how am I about to get through this? But I was already in it. And this is what I signed up for anyway. So I don't quit, right? That's why the title of my book that I'm writing that's gonna be releasing in December is Don't Quit. Because right when you get this close, that's when people quit. And so I knew I had to keep going, but that was my aha moment for me. It was like, wow, like, yo, these cats really don't come to the door. I had to hire a process server to actually serve them. Like that's a part of the eviction. Like the process server has to actually serve the tenant. They gotta serve the tenant. So the tenant gotta receive the paper in their hand or the, the process server has to see the tenant and be able to say, oh, I saw the tenant. And then they gotta take a photo of the tenant. Literally, they gotta take a photo of the paper inside the tenant's hand as proof for the court. After multiple tries, if they don't get the tenant, then they can just put the notice on the door and then take a photo of it on the door. We tried four times. Imagine four times trying to like serve tenants. Right. Like gas, like all types of crap. But that was my first aha moment when I had to evict these tenants. Damn. That was brutal. It's a part of the business, man. It's, it's it's really real out here. It's a lot of things you really got to look out for. Um, some people in this business can be dirty. So I remember going through my process. My seller actually tried to finesse me. Ooh. So <laughs> he tried to finesse the shit out of us. So what he did was we agreed with the realtor when we was walking through the property, like, hey, we're going to submit this offer. We want the tenant out. Just mm-hmm. um, two in the building and the, the top unit was occupied. We're like, hey, we want to do a renovation. Of course, we want them occupied by the time that we close. So we get to the final inspection and the tenant is still there. So we're confused. We're asking the realtor, but actually the realtor wasn't there. We were just there with the owner. So we said, hey, what is the tenant leaving? And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, we spoke with your realtor when we first toured the property. And, you know, we let her know that if we were to move forward on the property, we want the tenant out. Uh, he's like that was never communicated to him and so on and so forth uh, so I don't know what they were trying to do but we found out that the tenant was actually defaulted so they wasn't paying on time uh, they were yeah they were like a month or two or a month and a half or so late on rent and the owner wasn't even able to locate them so he didn't even know where they were because apparently it was a couple and they had gotten into a debacle and the boyfriend left so he wasn't living there anymore and the owner didn't know where the girlfriend was so because they were defaulting we were able to use a clause in our contract to kind of threaten them to say like essentially if they try to move forward with the closing without the tenant being out we're going to sue them for our earnest money and then additional damages for the time that was wasted in this deal as well as like you know i had to get inspections i had to get appraisals like i was going to make sure to get all my money back and he was going to have to pay for like all the court fees so once we flexed that muscle they kind of got into fight or flight mode and decided to flight so they just pulled out they did cash for keys for the tenant and they cleaned out the whole unit because during the final inspection we noticed like the place was trash i'm talking disgusting trash everywhere 
You got cats. It smelled terribly. It was just all bad. But luckily, I paid very close attention to notice that he was a motivated seller because he was actually moving to North Carolina for a new job. So he was getting rid of all his properties. So I knew that since we were already, you know, 30, 35 days until the closing process, he wasn't going to want to back out. He wanted to just get the deal done by any means necessary. So I told him basically I'm not closing until this tenant is out and the unit is clean. So he obliged and we kind of went from there. But you definitely got to pay attention, especially like if you're in busy situations or if you're a first time individual, like people will really try to get over from contractors to sellers to whomever uh, so you got to really keep your eyes peeled yeah it definitely takes a lot of time and I think that's probably the biggest thing it costs you is your time because uh, you just learn so much yes you just learn so much you go through so much and you don't have the experience necessary to realize things and kind of catch on as quick as an experienced investor would but it's definitely worth it so don't be discouraged but just know it's definitely ups and downs definitely a lot of things that you'll have to go through and have to persevere through yes and you have to have that mental strength to be able to do so here here's what it is right so what how why okay what how why too many people focus on what they want okay they focus on what they want to accomplish and then once they acquire this idea this what i want to accomplish they figure out how am i going to accomplish this okay i want to make a million dollars all right if i want to make a million dollars which is my what what is my how how am i going to do that okay i'm gonna do six flips and each flip i'm gonna make x amount of dollars and I'm gonna do this, 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 and I'm gonna do this, this, and that, right? That's the what and the how. But what happens is people don't have a why. Mm. And while they're in the midst of doing these six flips that they gotta do to hit this million dollars, they run into these challenges and they run into all these things that they didn't think would happen on their plan and on their journey. And so what happens is they reach a state of overwhelmingness. And when you're in a state of overwhelmingness, it's fear, anxiety, and doubt. And when you live in fear, anxiety, and doubt, you can't move forward. You have no self-confidence. Confidence comes through repetition. Successfully doing something all the time, repetitively, you gain confidence. Yep. And so you have to have a why. Your why factor is what's going to carry you through the struggles in these hard times. Yep. You know, these are very small, hard times that me and B-Rob had to go through, but that shit hurt. Definitely does. Right? But for us, our why is so strong that we just don't care because our why is pushing us through. Mm -hmm. You know, every great company worked their way backwards. Not what, how, why, why, how, what. Like it's a mission statement. Read some of the top core companies' mission statement. Their why tells a story, right? What do humans connect to? Stories. We connect to stories because stories tells experiences. And if we share the same experiences, then I'm going to connect with you more. Therefore, if I connect with you, then I'm more willing to spend my money with you and or willing to spend my time with you. So we have to really get to the core of why are we doing the things that we're doing and who are we doing the things for? And I remember one of our earlier episodes, I said the first thing towards building financial wealth and freedom is love. And you got to love yourself first. And the, the L was, you got to look yourself in the mirror, see what you're doing wrong. The O was, you only got one life. The V was, who are the very important people in your life? This part of the V is associated with the Y, right? Who are the very important people in your life that you're doing this for? It could be for yourself. It could be for your mom, dad, sibling, cousin. For me, it's for my future family. It's for my offsprings. 
that's why I'm doing this for, and this is a higher level of consciousness that me and B-Rob are operating on. And all of you guys can operate at this same higher level of consciousness once you understand what is your why. And that's what has enabled us to be able to push through these small storms. I've even hit moments where I've went like dead broke, working the job, right? And I believe in myself so much that if I went dead broke because I put all my money into branding myself or all my money into an idea that went left, I believe in myself so much that I know I'm gonna get the money back. I know I'm either one wholesale deal away or I'm one client away from something. And I always get the money back and that's because I believe and your belief factor has to be at a higher level. Yeah, that belief is really the most important thing. I remember um, earlier this week, I was talking to a college student that was reaching out for mentorship and accounting and they just didn't seem really confident. Uh, and you can just tell, you can tell, like people don't realize their energy just speaks volumes. The way they even say their names and introduce themselves, you can tell whether or not someone confident or that's a area of improvement or something that they struggle with. So I reached out, I'm like, hey, I can really just tell that you're not like super confident or you're not all in on this concept. So why is that? So we just kind of just tried to get down to the root of it. Mm -hmm. And then I just told him like, you got to do something every day that makes you believe in yourself or just reinforces that positive beliefs about you. Because like, if you're not solid in your own belief system, you'll unintentionally self-sabotage yourself in ways that you probably won't even realize if you're not like constantly reflecting on, you know, some of the things that you're doing. Right. And I see that very frequently. A lot of people are out here just self-sabotaging themselves. Mm, uh, that's deep. They'll just find ways to blow all their money or do things that's not in line with where they say they want to go. Their mm. actions never line up. And that's mainly because they don't just have that self-confidence. So yeah, man, that belief system is like, it's just so vital. It's at a different level. Like it's at a different level. Like think about Steve Jobs. Think about these people. He believed Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook. He believed in himself. Oprah Winfrey, she believed in herself, mm -hmm. right? Faith is the beginning of all great achievement. This is something that we got to understand. And I put something on Twitter last week and I said, get rid of all unnecessary expenses. Hulu, Netflix, Apple Music, Tidal, Spotify, Uber Eats. I said, get rid of that ASAP, right? I had people hitting me up and it was like, oh, your life boring. <laughs> Oh, what, what are you doing? That's what happened. A verse from the Bible came to me and I tweeted it shortly after. Some people I actually responded to and one person was like, oh, I can afford that. And I said, well, if you can afford that, then that's not directed to you because there are some people who are out here claiming how broke they are, but they constantly spending money on monthly subscriptions that don't put any money back into their pocket, right? So you got to lock in and kill the noise. And so what I tweeted after that was fools don't seek to understand. They just seek to air their own opinions, right? This is in the Bible. And so what was happening was I had people that was reaching out to me that was saying, oh, oh, your life must be boring. Like, how you don't listen to music? In reality, what they was doing was they was just airing their own opinion. They didn't care to see where I was coming from or what I meant by what I said. And the reality of it is that those individuals, and I'm sorry to say this, but they're fools because they're not seeking to truly understand where somebody is coming from. It's an emotional response. Exactly. And I think that we all have to come in common synopsis with what's important. And for me, 
this is just me personally. Music is not important to me right now, right? Like for some folks, they can just go listen to future Young Thug all day. I can't. I, that's just not where I'm at. So I would much rather listen to a podcast or even my own podcast or other people or a book than to listen to music. And don't get me wrong, I listen to music, you know, I, I do, especially if when I'm getting ready to go out or something, I kind of want to just get in the mood or whatever. Yeah, I listen to it. But my primary consumption of sound is either through a conversation or it's coming from a book or a podcast. And that's because I'm dedicated towards providing value to myself first. I am dedicated and committed to providing value to myself first. And once I get this value, I have an obligation and a duty to provide this value back to you guys. And that's what it's about. And I, I say this every Wednesday in a private real estate group that I'm involved in. I say this every Wednesday. I say somebody in the future is depending on the activities and the things that we do right now. So how are you defining and fulfilling your life's purpose? These are questions and things that we gotta continuously think about and they have to be in the back of our head. Oftentimes we have these dreams or this lifestyle that we wanna live, but our actions, they're not in direct alignment where we wanna go. And so we just gotta do some self-reflecting and really crack down on what the issue is. So back to it costs me a lot. And so sometimes I got friends that want to go out, want to hang out and do stuff. And I still want to, too. But a part of being an entrepreneur, I can't go out. You got to prioritize. But I can't go out. I got to prioritize. Yeah, yeah. I got to be in the crib while everybody out taking photos. They kicking it. They having a good time. But I'm inside the house. Got hella FOMO. Fear missing out. I got hella FOMO because I got goals and I got dreams. Like the average person can't take that. They can't take that FOMO. They want to just get out and, and go out and drink and do shit. But yo, I got a goal. I got a vision. I got something that I got to accomplish. So it's those small things that play a role. Let me ask you a question. As it relates to how do you see, you know, sacrificing being in direct correlation with success? I think um, in the past, I kind of thought that you always had to sacrifice to kind of get to where you wanted to go. Uh, just for the simple fact that, you know, everybody is not in alignment with where they want to go. So when you compare your lives to other individuals and you see them traveling, you see them, you know, partying every weekend, it seems like they're having the time of their life. It's like, it's easy to, you know, compare and think that you're sacrificing or you're missing out on something when in reality, um, my new perspective is more so in line with this video I saw um, on Kobe Bryant when he said like, if you're doing, you know, what you want to do, it shouldn't feel like a sacrifice. It's just a choice to do something that's more in, in line with what you actually want to do and where your future is kind of headed. Mm -hmm. um, so now my kind of, my point of view is like, it's, we're not really sacrificing anything. We're just choosing the path less traveled. Ooh. That's essentially that's essentially say all that, that say we're that part doing. again. We just choosing what? We're choosing the path less traveled. We're just choosing to make our own lane and really it's for the benefit of ourselves. It's for the benefit of you know the individuals that come after us. And it's actually even benefits any and everybody that we come in touch with every single day. Because I wholeheartedly believe the better I am as an individual, the better I can be at helping other individuals, you know, find themselves and actually help them grow as well mm -hmm. so i think that being selfish and you know standing in and working on 
yourself and working on your businesses, it actually benefits others more than they would think, even though they may feel like, oh, your life is boring. Oh, you're missing out on such and such. Like I usually relate it to Robert F. Smith. So Robert F. Smith is the billionaire who paid off, you know, a ton of college students as well as their parents student loans, right? So just imagine him staying in his dorm in college or after he graduated and got into the workforce, you know, really just honing in on what he wanted to do, building out Vista Equity Partners. Just imagine if, you know, everything everyone was probably saying about him, like, oh, he doesn't go out, oh, he's missing out on so on and so forth. And he just said, I'm just gonna, you know, go out, have my fun now and just enjoy life. All those college students probably wouldn't have their student loans paid off right now. Probably wouldn't be a billionaire right now. He probably wouldn't be able to have the impact that he has on millions of individuals if it wasn't for all that hard work and dedication that he put in, you know, where everybody else is probably having fun. Yeah. That's really how I think about it now. It's like, it's not even a sacrifice. It's, it's really just for the benefit of greater mankind. That's deep. Uh, but yeah, that's how, that's kind of how I look at it now. Like, we're not even sacrificing anything. Let me ask you a question, though, because you said something that really caught my attention and that got me thinking. So why is this the path less traveled? I think in today's age, it really just comes down to focus because we have so many distractions. We have television. These television shows, they good as fuck. Like, don't get me wrong. Like the entertainment is just so dope and it just brings you in so easily. Um, distractions from television, from media, you know, music, even if it's dumb music, like the beats be banging. <laughs> like I was listening to some random, um, I think it was Lil Uzi Vert song that came on my shuffle earlier. And I'm like, this sounds stupid as fuck, but this beat, what? It just pulled you in. Yeah. Yeah. And before you know it, you just singing the dumb shit without even paying attention, like unconsciously. So now the distractions, like marketers have become so good at, you know, manipulating our behaviors through forms of marketing. Yes. Um, because they get so much information on us. And yes. that's why in today's society, for those that don't know, data, uh, it has more value than gold right now. Like gold, oil, so on and so forth. And that's why a lot of these companies are really honing in on like big data. Yes. You think about Facebook. That's why individuals, you know, they invest pretty heavily in Facebook ads because they can target individuals so detailed to such a granular yep. level yep. that they can actually influence buying behaviors. Yep. When you think about Trump's 2016 election campaign, they did the same thing where they essentially rolled out this propaganda, these marketing tactics to change people's minds and perceptions about him because they have all this data on us. Data is changing the way that we do business. Uh, like, I had a digital marketing consulting firm, so I can pinpoint the exact candidate that I want to target for my business based on their traits, based on their interests, on what their likes are. And so I want to kind of backtrack to the initial point of Facebook, right? Why do you think Facebook got a like button, but Instagram got a double tap? I mean, it really just helps them understand you even more. It shows it helps you what, them. It shows you what they like, so they can target you for different. So they can target you for different advertising. But not only that, you guys know what Mark Zuckerberg major was when he was in college? Psychology. Mm, that makes hell sense. It was psychology. We all want to be liked. 
right? When people like us, we got a higher level of self-esteem. We feel better about ourselves. Like you guys got to truly understand that these big businesses, they are manipulative and we got to get better at finding these things out. Yeah. And or being able to produce similar models that can benefit our culture and put these models to use. Even going back further in a conversation to the path less traveled, I was watching this YouTube video today on Robert Kiyosaki and correlating this with the path less traveled. The reason why I feel like entrepreneurship is the path less traveled is so damn hard and it's so difficult that the average person wants the easy way out. They want to cruise through life. That's it. They want the easy way out. Cruise through life, get a job, work this job, done, die. Robert Kiyosaki said that you don't know what you really just did. You just sold your soul for a paycheck. Think about that for a second. And I'm not coming against nobody that got a job. Nobody. I work a job still. But you just sold your soul for a paycheck because you afraid to get out here and get it on your own. You don't trust yourself enough that you can create the same income that you deserve that's going to give you the freedom that you truly want. Therefore, you settle for some benefits and a paycheck. And I had somebody tell me this today. Um, he's a CEO of a multi, multi-millionaire company. He told me, he said, he said, I asked him a question first. This is what I asked him. I said, what does it take for me to be successful in this business? That's what I asked him. Looked him dead in his eyes. I said, what does it take for me to be successful in this business? And he told me this. He said, a lot of people want instant results. They want to see success in two weeks, in three weeks, in a month. He told me the quickest success that you're ever going to see is your paycheck when you get paid in two weeks on Friday or on Thursday or whenever your payday is. That's the quickest success that you're ever going to get. When you in entrepreneurship, when you're building out a business and a business model and trying to create systems in that business so you can work outside of the business and just manage it, it takes time. It takes years. It may take you five years. It may take you 10 years just to get to your destination or a desired state. But the reality of it is, is that you didn't quit. You gotta make up and experiences what you lack in skill. Anytime we started something new, we gotta make up and experiences what we lack in skill. And this goes hand in hand with Grant Cardone's 10X. Set 10X goals and be obsessed or be average. Just get out here and start doing it, whatever you wanna do. Just start doing it. And the more you keep on doing it, the better you are gonna get based off of your experiences. And B-Rob uh, made a statement earlier that experiences will always be the best teacher because they give you the test first and then the lesson plan after. You're gonna study after you fail. What failure really is, is just feedback. Yeah. It's just a growth opportunity for you to get better. It's just another story for you to tell on what not to do. Because again, it's not about us, but it's our ability to help somebody in the future that's depending on the activities and the things that we do right now. And I think what's really interesting about failure is that a lot of people just, they don't take advantage of the gift that failure really is. So I remember um, back in college, I don't remember if it was a program or kind of how this came about. Maybe I was just browsing the internet, but um, someone sparked the idea of creating a failure resume. So just going back and reflecting on all the times that you failed, but yet just looking back at all of those and then seeing how far you came into where you are now. And I was just looking at some of my failures, like in particular, I was really focusing on getting this D in my tax class, which pushed my graduation back, which made me lose 
lose probably like 50,000 in future tuition scholarships because I had a graduate assistantships lined up. So I was just thinking about that and I'm like, damn, at the time it was just heartbreaking. Yeah. Because I got the grade literally the day of graduation. I'm suited and booted, ready to go. And then I get this blackboard notification. I'm walking today, but damn, I'm not even happy because I'm not even really graduating. Looking back on that, that was probably one of the biggest blessings, but it was only because I was only sad for a day. Yep. And then the next day, it was like I had this next play mentality where how I'm going to turn this into a positive. Okay. So I can't get my grad school paid for now. What? Now I'm just going to stay another year undergrad and then just get my CPA and start working. So now I'm going to start working even sooner and I'm going to have my CPA faster than pretty much all of my peers. So it worked out, but only because I had the mindset to where I didn't harp on it. Where a lot of people, they harp on it, they'll be sad, they'll just get depressed yep. over that one yeah. failure. Yeah. But I just chose a different route. I just chose to find a lesson. So a lot of people, they just don't take advantage of all the lessons that failure brings. Ooh. But it, it, it's really a mindset thing. I really understand it. Um, That's a quote. Yeah, especially coming, That's from, a quote. coming from these environments that we come from. Like, we really grow up in hopeless-ass environments. Yes. Like, it's easy as hell to not have self-confidence. Yes. Easy as hell to get depressed, like, really easily. And it's really easy to get down on yourself after you make one mistake. Because, like, we expect so much out of ourselves, but at the same time, we see how everyone is moving around us and it's like if we fail and our life is meaningless and we just like everybody else no one's gonna be mad at that yep. because that's how everybody else is so it's easy to just chuck up the deuces and live your life the way everybody else is yes so that's really why it's the road less travel it's the easy way out and so what i've come to understand is that yeah. money is attracted to skills, your skills increase your right income. increase your skills you increase your income therefore people pay for value so if people pay for value, then how much value can you bring to the marketplace so that you can get compensated for it, right? And America is a capitalistic country. What is capital? Capital is money that we set aside. What is capitalism? Capitalism is the money that we set aside that we invest to create an enterprise that brings value to the marketplace. That's what capitalism is. So capitalism is a little boy who got a scooter, right? He decides to buy another scooter and then his other scooter, he decides to rent out to his classmates, you know, a trade for some M&Ms or a trade for a dollar or two dollars. These are the basic principles and foundational mindsets that we have to start instilling in our children, right? To start creating value for other people. Therefore, as an entrepreneur, I'm consistently trying to figure out ways that I can provide value to you all as the family of the Double Up Podcast because, you know, we love you guys. Like, we talk to you guys on a daily basis. We know what you guys want here you know we know what some of you guys are struggling with and going through that's what gives us the topics and the things to talk about because we want to make sure that our tuners are getting what they deserve and not only getting what they deserve but more importantly getting the value out of this and the value comes out of me and b-rod being able to share our experiences as well as give you guys some good game and what i've decided to do is add a service to my repertoire and i am now going to start doing small business development coaching for any of you guys that are looking to start a small business and trying to figure out ways to get that business growing and up and running then feel free to reach out to me right you know where to find me you can find me on instagram you can find me on twitter and let's get a business going let's get a business plan in place so that we can put together the proper marketing strategies to make you 
unique and people can know about your brand and people can know about what you're trying to do. These are the reasons why we started this podcast. So B-Rob got his, you know, wealth coaching, wealth coaching right? And so I'm about to sit through B-Rob's wealth coaching service. To get in. I'm about to sit through his wealth coaching service because I want to be able one to support his business, right? And two, I want to be able to take advantage of the resources that I have as a partner because we in business together. So how do you continuously take advantage of the resources that are at your disposal? B Rob, can you give him a rundown of some of the resources and value that you've been able to equip yourself with that you're bringing to the marketplace? Man, so just leveraging other people's resources and networks works the value that you can just obtain is it's enormous right so i got a homie on twitter harvey and he does like all things credit from personal credit repair to business credit things of that nature just getting access to a lot of different funding um another guy millionaire he's crazy good with like wholesaling and getting creative financing for different deals like just leveraging service that i have i've been able to kind of trade those off like hey I can help you with your money management. I need help with this. We can just work together and trade these off. So I've been able to get a lot of things for free just off the strength of trading my services for other people's services, which is super dope. So what are your services? So I help a lot of entrepreneurs with credit repair, and you'll be shocked to know that a lot of talented individuals just out here adding a lot of value to other individuals, you know, they still need their credit repair, right? They might have had one bill they messed up or so on and so forth. So I always help people with that, and then we kind of just trade services from there and then also with money management services just helping people create budgets and helping them create plans to pay off their debt and get access to lines of credit as well as really focus on money management and understanding you know their money mindset and why they spend the way they do yes. and where these ideas kind of stem from um it's kind of like a money psychologist point of view as well so i do that as well and then also just helping people increase their income number one because a lot of people really just focus on hey i want to pay off my debt because that's what's the sexy thing to do right now instead of increasing their income and actually being secure and having like a freedom fund set up where they know that if they lose their job or if something unfortunate happens, they have three to six months of funds set up. So they're free to move however they want to from the simple fact that they have this freedom fund set up. So those are a couple of services that I offer, but I've been able to offer those to other entrepreneurs and kind of trade them for their services, which is super dope. And that's actually what helped me land my new job because I hadn't touched my resume since my junior year of college. For me to be job searching like what, three or four years later, it was like, damn, I got to upgrade my resume for all listen that I'm not experiencing this so I linked up with an HR professional and they helped me you know get my resume together in exchange for me helping them manage their money better so it's just so many things that you can do when you offer a product and offer value to the marketplace with other entrepreneurs as well so there's just so many benefits to just having a skill having a service and I think that everyone pretty much has different skills but everyone doesn't capitalize on them by actually turning them into something that can help them make their money they either treat like a hobby or they just don't explore it at all and just kind of go with the status quo and keep doing what they've been doing even though it's not getting them anywhere whatever you treat like a hobby gonna pay you like a hobby that's right whatever you treat like a hobby it really is gonna pay you like a hobby and so yeah, me and b-rob <laughs> so what me and b-rob is getting ready to do is this okay we're getting ready to open up the double up family we want to know who is a part of the double up family let us know you're a part of the double up family and the way we want you guys to let us know is share the podcast on your social media on your facebook 
Facebook, Insta Story, and tag us. And when you tag us, hashtag Double Up Family. Like, let us know who you are so we can accept you guys, so we can bring y'all on board with this plan. Wherever you want to go, cool. I'm trying to go there with you. How can I help you, right? How can you help me? And let's work together. You could probably have ideas that you feel like are not important. Let's talk about them, right? Let's figure out how we can make these ideas into billion dollar plans, right? Because one thing I said, maybe it was our second or first podcast, I said the richest place in the world is the graveyard. So if you got ideas, and I'm talking to my double up family, if you got ideas like, yo, like let's talk about them, like DM V-Rob, DM me, let's go. Post us on Insta story, hashtag double up family, show us who you are and let's rock and roll. And with that being said, that's going to conclude this episode of the double up podcast. This gene, AKA the real estate guy. You can find me on Instagram at underscore, underscore, Mr. Marshall. You can also find me on Twitter at underscore, underscore, Mr. Marshall over and out. Man, thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of double up podcast. A little bit different than other episodes. We just spinning from the heart. Yes. Uh, So yeah, definitely appreciate y'all listening. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the infamous CPA. And we out. Double up.